0: Hey, Life Church Livonia. Good morning. Thanks for being patient with us as we're a day late on this podcast, but we think it's going to be worth it. Uh, my name's Alex. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Life Church Livonia, and I'm joined today by Alex Rayhill. <laughs> also, Alex. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be talking about scripture and how it is so relevant for our lives. Yes. So.
0: Yes, today we're going to be talking about Matthew 6. As you guys know, uh, we have been going through the Sermon on the Mount, uh, which is Jesus' new way to be human. I think it's been rightly said by theologians that in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis 1 and 2, God makes humanity. And from Genesis 3 to the end, he's trying to make a certain kind of person, a kind of people that is like him. Mm -hmm. And um, we are going to be looking today... Uh, three topics of giving, prayer, and fasting, uh, and seeing how these three things connect. And I'm really excited about this because I really think uh, these are core fundamental aspects of the Christian life, and there's a lot of depth in what we're about uh, to talk about here today. So we're going to start with looking at our scripture, um, and uh, we're going to read that, and then I'm going to turn it over to Alex Sr. and ask if he can tell us a little bit more uh, about each one of these. So Sr., would you like us to read through the whole scripture and then talk about it or piecemeal it out bit by bit?
1: Um, Why don't you you go ahead and read it? But um, once you get to verse 9, the Lord's Prayer, you can just skip over that and go to fasting.
0: Excellent. Excellent. We're going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer in service uh, in an upcoming week here. So don't worry, you're not missing it.
1: You're not missing it.
0: All right, here we go. Uh, Matthew 6, uh, verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. And pray to your father who's unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father in heaven knows what you need before you ask him. And then, like I said, we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer later. And then uh, verse 16, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then are we talking about any of the treasure in heaven stuff at all? Do you nope. want to? Okay, great. So Uh, For those of you that follow this podcast, uh, you know that Kate and I already talked about um, verses one through eight, but not in the context of giving, but in the context of show versus substance, that it can look like we're worshiping one thing when instead we're actually worshiping ourselves. And God is saying, um, part one of the the undertones of that passage is simply that um, God is delineating out what it looks like to have a heart that is in its substance is really worshiping him, not just doing actions that look like it's worshiping him. Um, so today, this is a little, uh, we're, we're talking more about the giving now than on the, on the show versus substance, but I'm sure we'll touch on both just a little bit. So we just talked through three topics, giving, prayer, and fasting. Alex Senior, would you tell me a little bit more Um, about those three things how they interact together how they how jesus is building them on each other here in this section
1: yeah so if we look at this this is um uh the jesus is uh if we look at matthew 5 and we and we were to give it one word as a theme it would be fulfillment so the law what does it mean um to fulfill the law and the prophets what does it mean um that uh, the Messiah has come? What does it mean to um, uh, live out that life or what does that life look like? And Jesus talks about fulfillment in several places in five where um, uh, we're, we're, we're living up to certain things and we're becoming a certain kind of person. We're fulfilling God's plan for us as we become the new humanity. So we uh, the Beatitudes become what define us? The good yeah. works we fulfill those things, and that reflects out into the world, which is the kingdom advancing. Those good works, yeah. our kingdom advancement, um, that the word of God informs us, and and we base our life on that truth, yeah. and so on and so forth. So we don't just become a person who doesn't murder, doesn't hate, right. but we become a loving person. We don't right. just become a person who doesn't lust, so on and so forth. Fulfillment. Yeah. Chapter six, I think could be uh, rightly um, labeled a father. Mm. It's all about what the relationship with the father looks like as we live the good life, the new humanity, right? So we can get in the weeds on this stuff. where we, It'd be easy to miss. So if we love like the father loves, right? Yeah. Which is where you ended up last time, that we uh, um, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Right. God, the father loves So we're becoming that person. That's God's design, desire, goal for us. What does the good life look like? And these are some of the key things that uh, are actually right in line with what God says is the good life. So these these three practices were the cornerstone of Jewish living Mm. that characterized the good life and Jesus here is drilling down on a couple of things, but one is you can do the right thing with the wrong motive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he, he actually doesn't about, uh, remove any of these things. He's saying, these are all the good and right things you should be doing, mm-hmm. but you have perverted them so that you're doing them with the wrong motives. And the right thing with the wrong motive is the wrong thing.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Is that right? Right. Um, so he says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be yeah. seen by them. Yep. You will have no reward from your father in heaven. Yeah. And one of the, So there is a lyrical um, uh, kind of uh, quality to these three cardinal yeah. virtues of Judaism. Jesus kind of uses the same formula each time and uh, uses some of the same words each time. Um, And that's should catch our attention. Yeah. So he says, you will have no reward in heaven. And one of the things we don't often talk about in in the faith, Christian faith is rewards
0: because again, for sure,
1: but it's all over scripture. Yeah. There's all these rewards that God gives to his faithful followers and uh, I think sometimes we miss out on the good gifts of God because we just are afraid of those. Because we go, well, a reward is, um, uh, can be closely perverted into works righteousness. Yeah. Why do I get a reward? Well, you worked for something, you earned it, and now God has to pay you.
0: And, and that's a quick, exactly quick thing on that that I just yeah. love so much about the Lord. Um, <laughs> nuance is so important to God. And he is not afraid of the nuance of that there is reward, and yet um, we do not uh, work in works righteousness. You know, and I, I just think that that's a um, one of the things that screams truth to me. Yeah, there there are these thin lines that do separate things, and they don't cancel each. Just because there's a thin line doesn't mean there's no line, and God's not afraid of of that. And I think that's a great. Beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great observation, Alex. It's um and so what happens is we tend to go off on one side or the other rather than staying course. Right. And uh, you know, it's like driving down a road that's you know got got uh uh valleys on both sides. You know, you can drive off one way or the other, to the right or to the left. Either way, you end up in the ditch. So he's like, stay on the path. And um, so he says, you'll, if, if, you do it, if you do it based on this motivation, you have no reward from your father in heaven, which Jesus is saying there is a reward from your father in heaven. Mm-hmm. There are good gifts that God gives. He created a cause and effect universe. And we often don't. So if you go to plant corn, um, you expect, if you plant seeds in for corn, you expect to harvest corn. Uh, if you go and plant seeds for corn, and all of a sudden, you know, snakes came out of the ground and and devoured you, um, you'd be insane, right? So God creates this <laughs> cause and effect universe where you're like, oh, when you do this, this thing this happens. happens, right? Um, and it's, uh, but we can get into cause and effect so that it's, oh, I worked for this, so I earned this, and there's some truth to that in the day labor and all those things, but in the economy of God. We do what's right because we love God. Yeah. Because we, um, are, we want to glorify the Lord. Because we want to, we're children who are partnering with him on his mission. And he blesses us anyway. Yeah. And he gives us reward. So Jesus is saying, so I, I think it's really important here to notice um, uh, that every one of these starts with, so look at this in verse 2. So when you give. Right every believer who's, uh, is going to give. Right. Jesus doesn't say you don't give, shouldn't give anymore because it's not for a good motive. Yeah. We are all called to be givers. Um, he's just telling us how to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: saying you're, you're, as, as a child of the father, as the new humanity, as someone on mission with God, God is the first and most generous giver. Yeah. As you become like him, you become a generous giver. Mm-hmm. In fact, if we're not, if we kind of resist that every single time, it's a sign that we still need work on our souls, which we do, you know, but one of the ways that we overcome that is we engage not in the, Oh, I, the emotional practice of giving, but the discipline of giving where we go, yeah. I'm going to tithe. And that's right. where tithing and other elements come from. It's about faith and it's about living into, but it's not just faith. It's not like I have to give. It's like, oh, God is generous. Right. He gives me everything I have. And now he wants me to be generous. Yeah. trusting him to give me more.
0: And I, I just want to say one thing about that too, that I think is so important. Um, I think one of the, the current epistemology, the current way that P, the general population thinks they know what they know is if I feel it, it's true. Right. And, um, that's, I think, incredibly wrong. And one of the reasons that's incredibly wrong is in order to be a healthy human being, you have to do things you don't want to do because what you want in any given moment is really about your own comfort and pleasure. It's not about what's actually best for you. Um, and one of the things that I I love about, um, the Christian faith is that it's organized and structured in ways that there is this communal pressure to help you work out your soul, right? And like like exercise your soul, where there are things that the community is saying, This is what we do, and it's okay if you don't want to all the time. Right. So giving is a part of that, fasting is a part of that, and even prayer is a part of that. All because, um because these things. Uh, are good for us, whether or not we want them. You know, when you're playing a video game and it's 12 a.m., you should go to bed, even if you don't want to, right? When um, your kid, I mean, just, oh my gosh, just yesterday, Gracie had a a potty uh, fiasco in the house and I had to stop all of my work for an hour and clean up just the grossest thing. And I thought, man, this is going to get even crazier when I have a child, (laughs) But um, I did not want to do that. But that is definitely what was good for the home and for my pet, um, was to take care of that in that moment. And there are always things we should do and need to do and are best for us and those around us that we don't want to do. And I think that this when is implying that. It's implying that, um, great, so you don't, you know, we we rail against people. Um, like Jeff Bezos, or Richard Branson, or uh, even Elon Musk, these people who have all this money and seem to be wasting it on trying to get out of this world instead of uh, do something positive in it. Um, And we go, how can they do that? How can they be like that? How can they have so much and not care about people that have so little? Um, And this is a mechanism that helps us not become that person with our own resources. Because, you know, we're in America, we're, We're richer than most people in the world. And most people, I think, think of us that way. How can they have so much and and not care that we have so little? And so I think the practice of things like giving, for example, um, it is about the church. It is about funding God's mission. It is about the worship of it. But there's also this piece where it forms our own soul. It exercises our own soul to um, recognize that Money is not the end-all be-all. There are more important things than it. And um, giving it up is uh, something that trains our own inner world, Uh, giving up voluntarily. So anyway, I think that that's an undercurrent in these things, too, is some of these things um, very few people do because they want to, but it is good for you and it's good for the community um, to engage in them. So I, I think that there, there's some of that going on too. It's a spiritual form of spiritual exercise in a way.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's well said. It's a, so Jesus is criticizing motivation here, not action. Right, right. You see, the action is good. The motivation for the action is wrong. Cause you're, you're giving so that as a hypocrite, again, Jesus really basically invented this word It means stage actor. It means someone who wears a mask. Um, He says, you're giving so you can be honored by others. And he says, truly, I tell you, you've received your reward in full. So there's reward again. But When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So there's a reward here. There's a couple things. I think you're right. Each of these practices is formational. It's a dying to self. So one of the things is we don't we say oh I'm not greedy. We're all greedy. So if you think you're not greedy, you're just (laughs) uh, you're you're delusional. Right. Right. Uh, The only way. The only way to and I I can you know and and if you're giving ninety percent of your income away, then actually maybe I would say you conquered greed. And there's some people who've done that. So, but if part of the Tithing is this whole idea of the the way you counteract greed is through conscious generosity. Yeah. The average Christian who says they're fully devoted to Christ gives 2% of their income, and it's probably lower now. So that's across the board. Wow. 2%. So we say, you know, we all talk about being generous, but we're tippers, not tithers. (laughs) (laughs) The point is... um, you know this is why you're we're not being transformed. Yeah. And we have to be in places of accountability for that. So I think there's two things to mention here. One is Jesus promises a reward. And many of us don't experience the rewards of God because we're not engaged in the practices of God. Yeah. So it's both there's a reward is the theme here, but it's also practicing a formational activity that The only way to counteract greed is generosity. You can't think your way out of it. You can't study your way out of it. You and I are by nature self-centered, which is where greed comes from. Uh, And we hoard things. So greed is like fire. It's never satisfied. If you give it another piece of wood, it will eat it up and then take the next piece. It's insatiable. And that's really important for us to understand.
0: And I think too, one of the things that... um... Greed is not isolated to money. It's actually the root of a ton of other sins. And um, in uh, Colossians 3, it says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And that's just not a random list. It's a tracing back to the root, right? So and where, does, where, does the, where do these sexual behaviors come from that destroy our families and destroy ministries and destroy these things? Well, so it comes from impurity, which comes from lust, which comes from an evil desire that's born out of greed. I want something I don't have.
1: Right. That I want, from, in fact, I want something that's not mine.
0: Right. Yeah. And that ultimately is a form of idolatry because underlying that is this thing that that will satisfy me. Right. Once I get it, then it'll be enough. And like you said, it's a fire that is never satisfied.
1: Well, I'm glad you gave a little bit of a a little bit of a trailer teaser to we, we are hoping to do a series on the seven deadly sins. And that's why they're so deadly. I mean, they they really they destroy the soul. They're they're corrosive in a way like other things are not. And that's why that group of seven got labeled that way. Um, and so yeah. That's a good, really good observation. So giving is something we do. It's something that's hard to do. It's something, though, that when we do it, we act like God, which is part of God's goal, is that we're becoming the new humanity. Mm-hmm. So we live generously like God lives generously. Mm-hmm. We join God on God's mission to mm-hmm. do good in the world. And we recognize the fact that we, are, we all battle greed and one of the best ways to counteract this is through the disciplined practice of giving generously 100%. 100%. So, and there's reward for that that we often you, people will tell you all the time I about mean, how God provided for them, but oftentimes that comes from the sacrificial experience and then God shows up and does something amazing.
0: So tell uh-huh. me more about how that connects to them prayer and fasting.
1: Okay, so prayer and when you pray, same lyrical thing, do not be like the hypocrites, again, stage actors, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. So this was a practice of the, um, the Jewish leaders. They would pray publicly and everybody would see them and they would be praying not to seek the heart of God, not to, um, uh, not to join God and understand that as I, as I, uh, weld my will to God's will and I pray, I'm, I'm welding my will to God's will to see his kingdom come, his will done. And I'm asking God for things that I know only God can bring. Um, I'm, I'm being freed from some things and I'll come back to that. Uh, just like giving frees us, prayer frees us from certain things. And, um, uh, Truly, I tell you, they've received the reward in full because their motivation for prayer was attention. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Again, same thing. Are we doing the unseen thing that only God sees? Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There's that rewarding again. Right. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. So actually, Jesus now here contrasts both sides where people drive off the road of prayer. Mm. The Jewish side is, I'm going to blow the trumpet and pray in public. Mm. The pagan side is, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to think the pagans thought that if they just threw a bunch of words and, and emotion, uh, we see this on the, um, when Elijah, Faces yeah. on the prophets of Baal. They're just going crazy doing their babbling prayer. He says, neither one of these is actually r- the right thing or the right motivation. And then he says something beautiful, which he repeats. And uh, Sunday, we talked about why not to worry. And it's important to understand that, that that command not to worry flows right off the back of prayer. So Jesus says the same thing that he says in the do not worry passage, which is when you're praying like this, you're not going to worry. When you're seeking God's kingdom, you're not going to worry. He says, um, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Yeah. So again, God sees it. But prayer is, um, so why do we pray and why is it so hard to pray? Well, we pray because we believe that there are things that only God can accomplish. And we join him in his work, not just when we work, but when we pray, we're confessing that we are not the prime mover Mm -hmm. of this earth and of every good thing. We are confessing that in ourselves, we do not have the power to transform our lives or our world in the ways that it needs to be transformed. Prayer is an act of surrender. It is actually a form of submission. And when we don't pray, it's because we're trying to be king. We think we have the power to be king and the authority to be king. And uh, we actually are doing, we have a form of another idolatry where we're putting ourselves on the throne because only through our own labors and works can we accomplish. Uh, will the things that need to be done on this earth
0: so prayer is a form of
1: submission and surrender and that's why that's hard because we're admitting we don't have what it takes to get all the things that this world needs done
0: yeah and, and you know we'll get more into the lord's prayer but ultimately we recognize um i am a small part in the play of the universe and God, you are the main character, and you are doing something amazing across all time and space. Um, and your kingdom is the the main plot line of this whole thing. And I received the baton from somebody, and I'm going to pass it on in a short time. Um, but I have an opportunity to help move this main story along in a favorable way and cooperate with the hero uh which is you Jesus and um you know it's uh, it's so uh countercultural to uh we are the main character of our, our own life because we have our perspective but we are not the main character of the story of the universe of the story prayer. of God so and and prayer resets us in that it just reminds us man there are things going on here that are way bigger than me um and if you're, a you know, a parent, I think that this, <laughs> that's a major awakening that I hear every parent have like, wow, someone just told me that last night. Uh, they said, man, when I had my daughter, my life transformed because I realized, holy cow, this whole thing is not about me anymore.
1: Yeah. And there's things we don't experience, you know, James, the uh, brother of Jesus, uh, half brother is says um you do not have because you do not ask god mm-hmm. we're missing out on so many of the real riches god wants us to have because we don't understand or don't practice prayer yeah. and um one of the and one of the rewards of prayer we actually see paul talk about this in philippians 4 where he says um that we're supposed to um pray uh do nothing out of um so uh, well uh, that we don't be anxious for nothing so again tied into what jesus says here uh in the, in matthew 6 about anxiety and worry be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and petition make your requests known to god and we miss this phrase so we're like oh when i pray make my requests known to god that's important and the peace of god not your peace not like i figured something out God actually gives us peace it's one of the rewards of real prayer mm-hmm. and many how many people are don't have peace mm-hmm. yeah think about how many people are walking around anxious and yep. fretting and can and yep. God says I've got a gift for you a reward." you know yep. and you're not receiving it yeah and so Paul says this is one of the rewards of prayer is you get not your peace man-made peace but god's peace god's peace which transcends all understanding which is again the heavenly peace yeah um which jesus is big on talking about the kingdom of heaven uh that um only god can give so
0: so giving seems to be a formation of our posture towards the material world towards um what we have and what we don't and what we want. Uh, prayer seems to be this formation of our posture towards our place in the world, um, our place in the universe and of God's uh, plan and of God's purposes for our lives and of all of our needs. And uh, it is this kind of resetting of our perspective in so many ways. So tell me more about how that those two things tie into fasting and even for the sake of our folks listening, I would love to hear a little bit more about what is fasting and why do we even do it?
1: Yeah, good question, uh, Alex. The um, So, and one of the things, you know, you're, you'll see that, you know, one of the, the Westminster confession is the chief end of people is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, okay, mm. or glorify God by enjoying him forever Mm. and one of the things that um so the glory of God is this beautiful manifold expression of all that he is Mm -hmm. and um and so when we give we we glorify God but more than that we actually give we we enter into that glory Mm -hmm. it's like we're we're again we're um we're united with Christ in in a way that we can't even understand. And that's why people feel so good when they give, they're like, Oh, I'm so glad I did. Even in the most rudimentary uh, distorted senses, they're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, i feel so good. I did that. Um, There's this sense of, I know there's that chimes within us like a bell, like, Oh, I'm in alignment with God's universe and what his purposes are. Mm -hmm. So, um, So everything can rightly be called giving. In fact, in the Old Testament, giving is the most common expression of worship. It shows that we have received every good gift from God, and now we give back to him sacrificially. Mm -hmm. Not really sacrificially, because he's given us our own. Prayer is the same thing. So prayer is another facet of the fact that we acknowledge our Father who art in heaven. Like, oh, that's right, in the right order of things, I am fully acknowledging God, and I'm surrendered to God. Mm-hmm. Fasting is another form of um, of uh, worship, really, of mm-hmm. seeking God. And so uh, he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. So all three of these have hypocrites.
0: Right. Uh, when you, up. blank, don't be like the hypocrites. Yes. Yeah.
1: And and so what they, they, for they disfigure their faces. So they would actually put on makeup and stuff to oh, show they were fasting, uh, so that people could see they were fasting, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they would fast. Um, and, um, for they have received their reward in full service. It's like, Oh, look at that spiritual person. They're so disciplined. They love God so much. They're fasting. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So he's saying, don't make it obvious you're fasting. Same idea of secrets. Yeah so that it will not be obvious to others, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, fasting is an interesting element here. And if we were to do a quick little survey, there's only, so fasting was a cornerstone of Judaism. It was um, Yom Kippur Day of Atonement uh, was when the when the nation repented of their sins, that day of, of repentance or atonement, would, would they all fasted mm-hmm. and sought God. And fasting is a form of uh, giving up earthly provision for to um, be more uh, focused on spiritual realities. Mm-hmm. So fasting is I'm going to sacrificially withhold something from my physical body, my material being, um, so that I can have a clear focus on spiritual realities mm-hmm. it's often a form of um, taking prayer up another level mm-hmm. to um, show my sincerity but also again, you know one of the things Jesus said uh, about fasting is people don't live by bread alone right but by every word that comes from the mouth of God
0: right so
1: it's this idea of i'm I'm acknowledging through fasting that the ultimate source of my life is God himself. Right. And I'm casting myself in utter dependence on his provision and his life to give me life, his word to give me life.
0: Right. And it's this giving up of things I genuinely need, food, water, right? Things that keep me alive. And I'm recognizing uh, as essential as those things are, Lord, you are more essential. you are more necessary to life than the things that sustain me because you are the foundation, the cornerstone, the undergirding of those things without your spirit and breath, I am dust right, and um that you actually uh fulfill, satisfy, provide sustain every single need I have, and from experience, I can. Tell um, tell you that fasting for me, the effect of it is that it turns down the volume on the world around me and turns up the volume of God's voice. And um, I've done uh, a lot of different kinds of fasts. I think the longest I've fasted is four or five days. Um, but I know that there's something that happens every time uh, at day three where there's this switch that happens inside of me, and all of a sudden it's like. Um, all these things I thought were important, all the stresses of my life that are happening around me all just seem so nonessential all of a sudden, yeah, and um God seems to be so present and clear to me, and um i I know for myself that's always been especially when I'm looking for guidance or looking for um intervention in something and really asking God to move um often. I will fast to not make him do try to do something extra, but to really focus my own heart and soul and try to align myself and attune myself to his voice and his presence. Um, it's a powerful thing. If you've never tried fasting, I would, I would highly recommend you try it. Yeah.
1: And I would encourage you to fast and pray for, for the church and for the work God's doing here. That's part of God's transforming power. Uh, Let me say two other things about fasting. Fasting is a form of humility. It's Mm -hmm. humbling yourself. So the scripture says, "Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up." And we often go, "Well, okay, I, I don't know what that means." We actually, you know, but one of the ways you humble yourself is you to limit your body's source of energy is a is a forced humility. You are weakening yourself physically. You're you're mm-hmm. you're lowering yourself, and and uh, and it's a form of humbling yourself to seek God and to seek His His purposes and goals in your life and in the world. Whenever there was a catastrophe, um, Israel would often fast and pray and put on sackcloth and ashes. Um, and uh, one of the things that fasting. Um, uh, is, uh, intended to do, um, is also to make us grateful. Mm-hmm. So one of the premier characteristics of a, 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 a person who, a Christ follower or someone who's fully devoted to God is gratitude,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but we are ungrateful because we have unlimited access to everything. Yeah. We can eat whatever we want. We can drink whenever we want. When we fast. We actually are Mm self-limiting, and what happens is then you go and eat after that, and you're like, oh my gosh, this food tastes so good, and so feasting and fasting were rhythms in the life of Israel. The other thing I think that is really important to say here is I actually believe this practice is gone, Mm. and what it does is the the absence of fasting flames or fans into flame all of our addictions.
0: Mm.
1: when you cannot withhold from your bodily desires, yeah. when you cannot inf- like go, oh, I'm not going to eat, or I'm not going to lust, or I'm not going to have sex, or I'm not going to, whatever those practices may be. Um, when we constantly feed those, we, we fan into flame our addictions. Yeah. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to, and to fast for a period of time. Um, here's the funny thing. You know, if you just do a Google search on um, uh, wellness benefits, physically, mentally, otherwise, on fasting. Yeah. Science is discovering fasting is one of the great uh, hidden treasures. And now suddenly everybody's intermittent fasting and doing other things like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, yeah, these are healthy practices that God built into the rhythm of our life and our year. Right. Yeah. Right. And going okay.
0: back to these are yeah. all... The, the part of why Jesus says when, not if, is there is structures in the community of faith that force us to do things we don't want to do because they are good for us and those around us. They contribute to human flourishing um, in a way that purely satisfying our desires don't, because one of the great fallacies of the modern age is if I satisfy my desires, that will satisfy my soul. And it's right. not true. And it never happens. And um, it's through actually these kind of disciplines. And discipline, we know, doesn't mean punishment. It means training, right? It means that I'm, uh, an athlete disciplines themselves for the Olympics because they have a goal in mind. They're trying to be, accomplish something great. And that means saying yes to certain things and no to other things. And so these are fasting, prayer, and giving are part, are we call them spiritual disciplines. And they're spiritual disciplines because they train our soul um, in a way that just satisfying our desires doesn't. And actually, they build and strengthen our inner world and our soul and our whole being um, because of their presence in a way that satisfying our desires doesn't. And it's this balance of yeses to myself and no to myself um, that really help build me into a flourishing person. And so uh, again, part of why uh, these are connected, and Jesus is is talking about these all in a row, um, is he's he's addressing spiritual rhythms of the community that help us to um, help form us into the kind of person again, this new kind of human that Jesus is um, wanting to make us into.
1: Yeah, and so one of the things I would I would mention here is if you. People have often heard about the fruit of the spirit. These are the character qualities that Mm -hmm. Jesus cultivates in his followers. um, Those who are surrendered and keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Uh, These things are the fertilizer for the fruit. Mm, So mm -hmm, think about, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you know, uh, so I'm living in alignment with Jesus as he cultivates this fruit in my life um, that are the things I long for. I want to be loving. I want to be joyful. I want to have peace. I want to be mm. patient, kind, and good. Mm. I want to have faithfulness toward people and I want to be, um, uh, kindness and self-control. Fasting is actually the self, what is, uh, um, helps cultivate the character of self-control, which again, we lack so, in, so, uh, greatly in our culture. Yeah where we can't say no we want to drink what we drink and we can't right. control that or we want to eat what we eat and we can't control that we want to right. spend what we spend and um this is where God wants to give us this opportunity you know um as we surrender these things he develops in us this ability to uh master ourselves as scripture says which is one of the, which is kind of that self mastery is the ultimate goal of the Christian right. life right we choose we choose based on what Jesus says, not based on uh, what other um, motivations we may have or desires we may have.
0: Yeah, amen. Unhealthy, I mean, and in an
1: unhealthy way, I mean.
0: You know. Yeah, amen to that. Well, are there any things you'd like to close on? Any closing thoughts about um, these three topics or how they connect or any one of them in particular?
1: Yeah, I, I, I would just, I, I think the challenge for all of us is to say, and this is why being in a, a group, a, a small group, where you're actually talking about your practices, is so important. Not just to do a Bible study or to hear things, truth, which is really important. Hearing truth is essential. Living truth is better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, where are you are, you giving generously.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, where commit to that. Yeah. So commit to figuring out what does it mean for me to give generously because God has given me everything. Not because, and actually, you know, don't give to life church, Livonia, give some, I don't care. Just do what God wants, you know, be, be generous. Um, Or, uh, and so I'd encourage you to practice the discipline of giving, um, but with the right motive that you're seeking to worship God and advance his purposes. I I would encourage you to um, engage in prayer, and, he, you know, uh, one of the things that I think um, is going to be part of what renews the church in the next chapter of life, and I'm praying for a Reformation renewal, yeah, is uh, a commitment of prayer, praying for the things that God tells us to pray for. Uh, pray the Lord's Prayer. We're going to come back to that. But uh, asking God for things um, in, in people's lives, um, the Lord's Prayer is perfectly balanced with focusing on God in the first half and our own needs in the second half. And I just, you know, what does God want? Pray, just pray for that. Pray, Lord, what do you want? What's your kingdom come? What does that mean? And then fasting. I would encourage you to fast and pray. And those two go together uh, oftentimes. Again, they were the cornerstones of the good life because as we were freed from our, uh, our enslavement to money, our enslavement to ourselves as Lord, and we're surrendering to God, and that's prayer. And then enslavement to our flesh, our bodies. Um, those those disciplines allow um, allowed the early church to flourish as they were uh, seeking um, the life of the Spirit, and they'll do the same for us. So, amen. That's
0: my Amen. If you are listening to this and you go, man, that sounds great. I just don't know where to start. I don't know how to start. What do I do? Reach out to us. We are totally here to help you um, cultivate these things in your life because uh, these are uh, so beneficial for you. And this conversation, I think, perfectly tees up Josh Merriweather, who is guest preaching for us on Sunday. Woo woo! He's our brother from Life Church Southfield, one of the pastors in our network. And uh, Josh is a wonderful, powerful preacher. And I can't wait for you to hear how he talks about treasure in heaven and the two economies of heaven and earth and living into God's economy. So, again, reach out to us if you uh, are looking for help or support or accountability or what have you in um, fulfilling and cultivating these disciplines. And uh, we can't wait to see you Sunday and next week. Thanks for joining us on Tell Me More.